Hey there, you're listening to Bird's Eye View, a podcast that gives you a new perspective on women in prison. Just a heads up, this podcast contains material that may be confronting, especially for survivors of trauma. Aboriginal and Torres Strait people are advised that the following story may contain the names and voices of people are passed away. If you don't like bad words, turn down the volume. Every weekend we have sport and we want to look good for the guys. And all us women, we use salty plums. Salty plums are dried salty plums that have a prune-like shape and they have red dye on them. And we use them as a lipstick and we put it on our lips. I've noticed that some of the girls actually have allergies to the salty plums, so their lips are quite big after they've used it for the weekend. I've got the wrong skin tone for orange, so I've used to um, soak my pencil, my brown pencil, in warm water before I'd go to court the night before. And I'd use two. I'd use a, a, a pink and a light brown, so it made a really nice dusky pink, which was um, just a bit darker than skin tone. And I used to mix that with my vitamin E cream. The officers didn't pick up on it because it was it didn't stand out, but it was still a subtle difference. And I used baby powder to um, just take the shine and oil off my skin. Black pencil for a little bit of eyeliner and the brown pencil just to colour my eyebrows and shape them a little bit. The other thing I did was um, with the black pencil, I used to um, rub that between my fingers with vitamin E cream and I'd stain my eyelashes. And that's the best I could do. Um, to try and fix my face um, for my Supreme Court date. Loose luscious lips. <laughs> Feeling itchy. <laughs> we get razor day once a week on Sundays, so I use that to pretty much shave my legs. But I was really um, not lucky, I shouldn't say lucky, but on the outside I got laser hair removal um, done. So I actually have no hair that grows under my armpits and on my vajayjay. So <laughs> what about other people? What do you do on razor day? Shave my legs, that's it, and my underarms. I'm, I just, I'm fluffy puffy. Um, I've only sh- shaved twice, Nina. I've been here for nearly 10 months. So I'm going to leave my legs until I get out and get waxed. Well, no, um, I don't do that. I don't do raising. I mean, yeah, shave them because it's not growing. I shave and that, but, you know, I do the tweezers and that, but then sometimes I don't want to use the tweezers when I see little girls using the tweezers on their legs, you know, pluck a duck, you know. Well, I'm a bit rebellious, so every second uh, razor issue I um, do my legs and my armpits and... Uh, when it comes down to the ladies' department, oh, I've got a big bush and I plait it. <laughs> I thought plaits weren't allowed in prison. That's where the rebellion comes in. <laughs> Salty Plum Lips, beauty hacks for looking good in prison. It's pretty hard to look good in prison. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about beauty where it comes from, why we need it, and how we make face scrubs out of all sorts of things. But first up, here's Jess. 
I'm beautiful. I'm, I'm a very attractive Indigenous half-caste woman. And they don't like that. Look at this cunt. She thinks she's better than us. And I have the most beautiful eyes, a dark dark brown or light brown. I don't know. It's, my eyes are unique. They're different from every other brown-eyed person. In here, they um, call me everything but my name. <laughs> it's either white dog, slut, um, big hole. My smile. My smile, I can light such a dark place up. Hello, my name's Jessica. I'm 31 years old and I'm from WA Perth um, and I'm younger from down that way. I'm a fashion fanatic. A really bad one because I grew up in rags, not having anything. Um, we only had this one Spice School top, me and my sisters, so we'll just smash over that. <laughs> and me being the oldest, I always got it. So I'd wear that top for about three weeks. <laughs> And then my other two younger sisters, they'll be smashing it out for it. What I miss most while I've been in here is my clothing, my fashion, my high heels, my makeup, my belts. Oh, my gosh, my belts, my earrings, my necklaces that go with, oh, my gosh, my flower that goes in my hair. Oh, my gosh, my Bagaris, $750 Bagaris, my handbags, my pyjamas, my, my, um, my slippers. Oh my gosh, and my rug and my pillow, they're so expensive and I love it. And they're pretty. And all my face washes and all my body washes. Been a few times my um, baby daddy would come to the door to give me a lift somewhere and I'm naked because I've got all this stuff all over my whole body and he's like, what are you doing? I'm a body scrub thing, mud all over me. Why, what? <laughs> He'd freak out. So, yeah, I'm a real girly girl when it comes to that, yeah, because I never had all that stuff, so... I smother myself in it. I, I even go to bed with perfume on and everything. I've stopped watching commercials no more. I just can't take it anymore with the clothing. It's a habit. It's a bad habit. Worse than drugs, addiction with my fashion addiction. It's terrible. You're welcome. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Everyone gets excited for this day. It's hot dogs and poppers. But it's an even special day today because there's um there's muffins <laughs> and that never happens on a Saturday. When you're an indigenous person, um, there is there's more racism there than anyone would ever know. I'm indigenous, but because I'm fair, so they call me half caste. Um, I'm just a white dog. Um, I'm nothing but lesser than a snake's hole, lower than a snake's hole. Any in, in their eyes, I don't need to be respected. You have no worth in yourself. You, you start doubting yourself, hating the fact that your skin colour is this. I wish I was no longer Indigenous. I hate that fact. I'd like to scrub this skin colour off me. I'd like to be white, not black, because, you know, it makes you want to kill yourself. You know, I, I had a little boy and... He, he's fair too, he's beautiful, and I don't want him experiencing that white dog shit, racism shit. I don't even want him being racist to white people, no nothing. I want him to keep his innocence, innocence that I never got to have. 
And where I grew up, if you're fair like this, you more or less, you were bait for rape, you know. Coming up here in Darwin and being in this prison, oh my gosh, I'm reliving it again. I promised myself I'd never be a victim again and that's exactly what I am again, a victim. A victim to violence, a victim to racism. Racism, it's very overpowering. It's, yeah, them stripping me of whatever little identity that I have. And now I have these women up here that are strangers to me. I'm not even their mob. And because I'm not their mob, that gives them more ammo and reason to do that to me because I have no family here. Telling me I'm a slut, I sell my whole, I got kids from all different men, I go and kill your kids and things like that. And I suppose because they don't have self-worth and all that. I'm a very outspoken person. I, I laugh my head off all the time. Even when I've just finished crying, I still laugh my head off. Uh, just like when she punched me the other day, I'm still walking with my head held high. I ain't no coward to hide in my room and that. That's probably why, you know, I'm very intimidating. They don't see these kind of Indigenous women come through here like this, the person that I am. I like calling all the girls beautiful because they are beautiful and I think in such a negative place we all need a reminder of how beautiful we are, even though a lot, a lot of us can't um, see the beauty within us, but it's nice when somebody else recognises the beauty. You know, I, I know a lot of the girls like it when I call them that. And I only call them that because I know they are beautiful. But I'm the most beautiful one. <laughs> I never knew that until I came in this prison. That I, I'm such a beautiful woman. I have beautiful, wonderful qualities about me. Just like you've got something unique about you that's just you. Well, I now know I'm unique. I'm unique in so many ways. My smile and my teeth, my teeth are like, oh my gosh, it's like I've paid $20,000 for these teeth. <laughs> and they're, they're, they're real, they're all real. <laughs> and I, I was, you know, I was an ice addict at 13 years old and sniff paint and everything, and my teeth are white as, it's like I go to the dentist. I have beautiful lips, uh, lips that people pay Botox for, and my lips are real. <laughs> my lips are from my daddy. <laughs> Which I'd say to people would say, hey, where'd you get your lips from? I'd say, from my dad. And, and they're like, oh, my gosh, I want them. I'd say, well, your mother should have fucked my dad. <laughs> because you would have lips just like me then and teeth too. <laughs> your mum should have went to WA. <laughs> and they would look at me like, what? My lips are better than, um, who's that actress that was with Brad Pitt? Yeah, my lips are way better than Angelina Jolie because mine are real. I was born with these. <laughs> and I don't have to pay for it. So when I get old, they're never going to go flat or anything. They're always going to be perked. <laughs> so, yeah, so but because I was the only one in my family with these lips, with my smile, I never liked it. Because of that, I'd wake up to my uncles touching my lips and things or my first cousin I'll be sleeping in the lounge room and he's like running his fingers over my lips and stuff. So I've hated my lips. I hated them. I hated them so much. I used to like always bite on my lips to make them smaller. And when I talk to people, I would cover my hand over my mouth 
and I wouldn't look people in the eye and when I talked to them, I'd put my, turn my head. I never wanted no one to see my lips. Thanks. You're welcome. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks, Dad. Welcome, beautiful. Welcome, beautiful goddess down there. <laughs> welcome. Oh my gosh, my four babies, well, they're my world, my pride, my joy, my everything. When I speak of them, it already, I get emotional. As much as I wanted to be out of this world, I, I never wanted to leave them because, you know, my kids are being strong for me. I remember in 2016, uh, Christmas time, my son said to me, Mum, don't give up, Mum. You've got to keep praying and wishing, Mum. Got to keep praying and wishing because, Mum, you reckon, Prayers and wishes do come true, Mum. But he said, but Mum, not straight away. Little steps. I hold on to that forever. So every time I keep remembering little steps, keep praying and wishing because wishes and prayers do come true. Um, I placed my son out of the car. I have no family up here. It was just a mum with in a bad relationship. I was slowly deteriorating, having a mental breakdown um, where we lived on a one acre property. And he used to take the car and leave us out there. And I tried to call him and tell him I'm having a mental breakdown. Um, I'm seeing things and I think people coming to rape us. Can you take these kids? I need help, I need to go to hospital. And he just hang the phone up. Somehow I got down the road and I don't know how the neighbours, but the neighbours let me borrow their car. I tried driving out of Darwin. I knew somebody in um, Adelaide. I wanted to try and get to her because I couldn't get on no plane. So I tried to drive out of Darwin and make it to um, Adelaide where I know I could have got help, but I lost my mind along the way. I seen, I seen, I seen things out there. I seen the devil. I don't know whether from this day on, whether it was in my head or not. I still question that. And um, I put my son out of the car, placed him out. I yep, told him to get out of the car. And, and this is only from me reading the paperwork. Um, yeah, they found me 300 metres down the road in the back seat, holding my other two kids, screaming, crying, with a Bible in my hand and not knowing where I was. He was six years old. And I was pregnant. <laughs> it still gets to me. But I try to accept it for what it is. But it's hard. I never accept it. I don't like what I've done. I'm so sorry to you.
my son to have his justice. I wanted him to know that was wrong. And I needed to be here because oh, it's hard for me to even accept what I've done. So in a way, this big, horrible, fucking nightmare of a place has been my blessing in disguise. To work on somebody so broken, so traumatised, I believe this was the safest place for me to fix me, not hurt others because that's what I was doing out there. I know I was lacking a lot of things. Me lacking all these, being able to love myself, having self-worth, knowing who I was and that, I was failing my kids. I didn't want to give them this life I never had, but I actually didn't know I was actually handing them the life that I had. Not by them getting raped or anything, but handing my trauma down, like... We'll have two muffins now. Nice buns. Thank you. You're welcome. I now love me. I now know who I am. And I think when people know that you found that in yourself, they want to rip that from you. It's like a thief, like the devil who likes to come in at night. So I had to fight to love myself and know who I am. And I tell you what, I'll never fail them kids again because I now will definitely give them the life that I've never had and I now am going to live the life that I've never had and always wanted and dreamt and watched movies and TV shows of. Mine's going to be better, but mine's going to be real. Not a fucking TV show. (laughs) You know, even though I'm in that room alone without my kids and just photos, I've got these stretch marks on my belly and, oh, my gosh, they're my babies. I love it. They're mine and I touch that every night and it's my comfort thing. my gosh, Jess, look at you now. Look how beautiful and strong you are. You're a courageous woman. You are, oh my gosh, a very strong voice. Gosh, I admire myself. (laughs) Yay, I'm my own number one fan. Somebody's got to love me. And I fucking absolutely love, I'm obsessed with myself now. (laughs) You can do it. You can do it. Thank you. Thank you. All right, you're welcome, beautiful. Most beautiful ladies of the G block. I finally love my lips, finally, and that, that's taken a lot, a lot of crying, everything. And I now look in the mirror and I I know things on my face that I never ever knew. <laughs> I have little little faded freckles and things and I, I've hated myself for 30 years. And then now I'm 31 and finally this year there's no more hating me. I now look in that mirror and I can't help now when I go past mirrors and reflections on the windows. I'm there looking at myself. And when I'm going up to the office, I forget that they're there waiting because I'm too busy fixing my fringe and smiling and looking to the side at myself. There's things that I've never done ever in my life and I never thought I'd be doing it. And I love every moment of it because I've been dead all my life. I've come alive this year. I'm no longer dead. I'm no longer a slave. I'm no longer mentally, physically, emotionally being raped. Suppose I've always had this fight in me, always, always. I always seen other people laughing and stuff. Looked happy, and there's a there's a glimpse you can see in somebody's eyes, and that. And I wanted that. I wanted that. And I, I never had that. I had darkness there. Lost, lost little girl. Thank you. 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 Thank you.
you, my sister. You're welcome, very beautiful woman. Hooker. With all the beautiful manners. Thank you. I've been a prisoner in my own body my whole life, since a child. And I'm no longer a prisoner. Yeah, I might be in prison, but this is just for now. I'll be out of here free and totally free this time. But now that I'm no longer a prisoner in my own body, now I feel how much this place is so bad and I never want to be here. And how it's so important to love yourself, cherish yourself, accept yourself, know your worths, know what you want in life and you strive and you grab that. Don't talk it and dream the dream. Now live the fucking dream and catch a hold of that and run the fucking, run a mile away with it, sprint it. Because, yeah, I've been a tortoise, <laughs> the snail. <laughs> I've been a fish, a Nemo. <laughs> yeah, now I, I, I'm going to be the lion and the tiger. I've come so far. I'm free like a bird, a dove, but a lion and a tiger too. Sing out to our sister Jess. She got transferred to a prison in Queensland, and when we recorded this, she just got parole. Thinking of you, Jess. Oh my god! No way, get this. My baby's daddy's cousin's auntie told me. Attention, attention, sector four, stand by for unlock, lights on, TV's off, fully dressed, tags on, stand by for razor issue also. Did you know that we get given razors in prison? Yep, every Sunday morning, the officers do raise the issue. They mark off our name and hand us two blades. Then we get 20 minutes to shave whatever bits we got to shave. Then we got to give our shavers back blades up, show the officers our blades to make sure we haven't taken the blade out. All right, girls, make your way out to raise the issue in muster order, please, with your tags. I'm just filling my container up so we can shave because we only have four-minute showers, so that's not enough time to shave our legs and our underpits. And some women may want to shave their mussy cats, so that's not enough time. So we fill our buckets up and we stand outside the shower and shave in our rooms. And then once we're finished shaving, we have a shower. And you have to be really, really careful because these shavers are cheap shit ones and you'll cut your leg. I like to use one shaver because we get two shavers. So I like to use one shaver on one leg and my second shaver on my other leg, on my second leg. And then on one of the shavers that I use first, I'll use it on my, my left underpit and then the shaver that I'm using now, I'll use that on my right underpit. So I'm not doubling up and wrecking the razor because they're cheap. <laughs> I don't know, some women don't do it like that, but I, I like to do it like that. 
Yay, that's done. So now I've just got to have a shower. Stop the podcast. This is an advertisement. We use it for our hair. Gel it black and make it slick. <laughs> Smooth and creamy with that delicate smell. Stiff and hard. No flyaways. Ha oh, looks so good. Slick. Beautiful. Stunning. And fragrant. Lady stick. It's versatile. Use it under your armpits, on your neck, or in your hair. Roll it up or down. Let your imagination run wild with Lady Stick. Oh my god, that was so awesome. I want some of that. Start the podcast. Salty plum lips. Tastes like candy, helping us look mighty dandy. <laughs> yellow, A lot of the ladies use baby oil as a tanning oil so they'll put that all over their body and they'll sit in the sun and they'll get a really nice tan. I've had an odd sock sitting in the cupboard for a couple of months now and someone suggested that I use it as a hand glove to wash my body with so that's what I've been doing. A couple of years ago when I was in here um, one day they forgot to take the stapler out of the paper so we was using a stapler as a needle and we was tattooing ourselves. How did that go? It went all right until we got in trouble. <laughs> what did you tattoo? Um, FTP, meaning fuck the police, <laughs> and NWA. So original. Yeah, so original. Because we're gangster like that. I can see that, real gangster. <laughs> I don't have a tattoo, but I've given myself a scar just to remind me that I was in here and when I get out I'll get a tattoo of a teardrop done under that scar. I had to hide it from the officers for a long time. I found a screw out in the yard and um, I just rubbed it up and down until it bled and then I had to hide it for about three weeks. But, yeah, it's well and truly healed and it's my scar. So why do you want to mark? to remind you of your time in here? Well, I'm an old woman and I might end up with Alzheimer's. So <laughs> and, yeah, I couldn't get hold of a tattoo, anything to do tattoo with. So, yeah, it's basically like a tattoo, but, yeah, scar. Salty plum lips. I've been in the system for 30 years. Oh, it's quite funny when you see every different lady comes in with different, you know, experience of um, how they want to be beauty for a day, you know, or the weekend. But since I've seen it for 30 years, never changed. That oil is one of the bloody best products ever gone bought on the buys because I see it every weekend when the girls want to go to sports. They all ride up like, you know, they've been having an oil bath, you know, and then I see the hair different style. Then you're not allowed to wear your hair out. And the next one I see oil in the air, oil over the ears, you know, shining everywhere. It's like a mirror off their body, you know. Why are they oiling up to go to sport? 
so the mans can see who's got the best skin or who's got the best legs or who's got the best spotted legs, I don't know. Makes me laugh because by the time they get back from sport, they all dirted up because it's stuck to their skin from all dirt and, and, you know, grass and everything. And I think to myself, what, we're in the long grass again? Aren't the men, like, quite a way off? Like, when I went to sport, the men were like, woo, like, all the way over there. How are they going to see their shiny skin? Well, that oil makes that skin shine. <laughs> That's how far they can see. Salty Plum Lips. Beauty hacks for looking good in prison. No way. Check this out. Let's pass it around. No, let's not tell anyone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know one of the biggest sellers on the buys list is baby oil? Rocket and Joan are going to tell you why. We're talking Fifi. I don't know what this is. Joan, please explain. So on the men's side, a Fifi is a, um, a device that's made to sexually pleasure the men. So what they do, they get a, a pillow or a mattress. They put a hole in it. So it's got a hole. And then they get some um, a glad wrap and they turn the glad wrap inside out. And then if they really want to go technical, they will get some Devon or some ham from the sandwiches, put the Devon or ham into the glad wrap, then fold it around and put the glad wrap Devon ham into the hole of the, the mattress or the pillow. And that is their fifi, which basically acts like a replica of the human genitalia. That's disgusting. Yuck. I'm a lesbian and that's just, that's just fucking wrong, man. Like, eh, yuck. So in the old prison, we used to get mattresses from the men's side. Oh, which, yuck. Which we would take back and say we don't want because they would have holes in them. And straight away, we knew what those mattresses had been used for. Then we brought it to the attention of guards and then we got new mattresses. <laughs> also on the men's side... They give out condoms for the men so they can practice safe sex because obviously men have urges just like everyone else. And also on the men's side, there is a person who will go around giving out free noodles to people to give blowjobs. So he'll give you noodles just so you can let him suck your dick. I'd give you noodles if you let me, you know. <laughs> A lot of the men also order female underwear and um, female deodorant and baby oil. So what a couple of the blokes do, we'll, we'll get that, you know, Fifi and put it inside some female underwear and put it on a pillow and put some female deodorant on it and basically replicate, you know, the warm... Then they have a blow-up sex doll. That's ingenious. Oh, my God, I've got to give it to these boys. I thought I had it made over here, but... It's a sex doll on the cheap, so anyone can make one at home out of your local refrigerator, you know, your pillow and some underwear. You two could have a Fifi at home. I'd prefer to have a Joan, but, you know. <laughs> Dial 555-286 and order your Fifi today. <laughs> Well, that's the end, my friend. Yep, that brings us to the end of our ninth episode. The second last episode for the season. Which means that next up is the final episode of Bird's Eye View. What are we going to do when it's over? We've got to read all our fan mail. Big sing out to all the listeners who've sent us letters. We love you. And if you'd like to make our day, month, whole sentence, then send us a letter to Bird's Eye View. 
Sector 4, Darwin Correctional Centre, GPO Box 1066, Howard Springs, NT, Australia, 0835. And we'll see you again for Bird's Eye View. You can't say see you on a podcast. No one is seeing us. You know what I mean. Like next time on the podcast. Next time on Bird's Eye View, we'll be talking bush tucker in prison. How does that taste, Rocket? Delicious. And you'll hear from our very last storyteller, Deanne, who's going to take you back home to country. I'm from the Tiwi Islands, top of Darwin. If you look on the map, Tiwi Islands is two islands, and the small island is called Bathurst Island. That's where I'm from. Thanks for listening to Bird's Eye View, the first podcast made in Darwin Correctional Centre by us. The women from Sector 4. Sylvia. Nolene. Kay. Amy. Kellyanne. Bianca. Trisha. Kiara. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Brooklyn. Tace. Rocket. Dan. Jessica. Naomi. Sophie. Julie. Tegan. Jane. Yasmin. Sophie. Jessie. Kirsty Louise. Becky Boo. And Ashley. Bird's Eye View is presented by Story Projects. This episode was produced by Leah Sanderson and Cinnamon Nippard. Johanna Bauer is executive producer. With mixing by Hamish Robertson of Tall Tale Audio. Our awesome theme music is by Katie Baker and is called Worth It. In this episode, you also heard music by Sokia, Emily Uramara, Sieta, Katie Baker, and Sina. Music coordination by Ben Andrews. Jeez Louise, it takes a lot of people to make a podcast. <laughs> Bird's eye view was funded by another territory government and the Australia Council for the Arts. With support from the Prison Songs Impact Campaign and AudioCraft. Everything you've heard has been signed off by the Northern Territory Correctional Services. To hear more stories from women inside, search for Bird's Eye View wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review on iTunes. Thank you.